0: Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to start a new series, um, and I've titled the series Love. Everybody say love. I'm going to use John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35 as our, our foundational text for this series, and this will be another long one. Um, this one's probably going to be 12 weeks. You know, in a culture today, you know, most church leaders would say you don't want to teach a series on Sunday morning that's any longer than three weeks because you lose people's attention. Um, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit just said, you need to teach this. And so this is actually a series I taught about 10 years ago, and I've revisited it and embellished it and as I've worked on it. But I just really felt like this is a subject That we need to teach on and so John chapter 13 verse 34 through 35 is our foundational text So I'm going to read this and then we'll pray and then just believe God with me that we get across what he wants us to get Across in the time we have this morning. Amen Uh, John chapter 13 verse 34. Jesus said a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another by this shall all men know that you are my disciples If you have love one to another, let's pray before we begin Father, thank you so much for your presence here this morning, for your spirit and uh, just the heart of your people that are hungry for you and that are putting you first in their life and surrendering to you. And I just pray that as we submit ourselves to your word this morning, that you would teach us, you'd lead us, you'd guide us, we'd be able to say we're better because we came to church this morning. And I ask you just to make your words my words this morning. Uh, Just say what you need to have said and give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech to say that. And I just give you praise and thanks for all of it. Father, we'll give you the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, as I was uh, just praying about over the last several weeks about what to, you know, teach after this, you know, series I taught on, you know, sort of the shout of faith and and then we had our family Sunday, the Lord really just dealt with me about the fact that, you know, there is no greater subject that we can talk about than the love of God. No greater subject. Uh, It is the most important subject that we can actually study when it comes to scripture. And so I believe that, you know, um, it's really the essence of what God wants to establish here in our church. It's, you know, I've always said this from, from day one, and I've, I've used a phrase sporadically over the years, and it's just this phrase called a warm and welcoming atmosphere. Um, you know, when it comes to, to our relationship with God, He wants to have a warm and welcoming relationship with us. And, and that only comes really, you know, I think about warm and welcoming and I think about certain people in my church as soon as I think about, in, in, in this church, I think about certain people and, and as soon as I say warm and welcoming, I think of them. You know, I think about, one of the folks I used to, I think about often is, is she's, she's no longer with us, but my mom. Um, you know, she was just, you know, always there full of mercy and grace and love and this just huge hug always available for you. And, um, and I think about that and I, th- and, and I think about how important it is that, you know, that, that we as a church and a body of believers embody that type of love. You know, we talk about, you know, and, and how many of you realize this is real life, right? What we teach on Sunday morning is not just to entertain you or just to rally you around us becoming some great church. This is about, you know, us being who it is, the people that God has called us to be. Uh, and it's about us individually being that, it's about us collectively being that. And as I think about, you know, you know what is in, in our hearts for this church, it's, it's that we'd, we'd be a group of people where we truly do meet friends, worship God, hear the word and be a blessing, right? Where we truly are people that love God with all of our hearts, we love each other and we want to serve and use our gifts. But all of that stems from the central truth of the love of God. Without the love of God, that's just noise, Without the love of God, that's just gyrations and things we're going through. And so, you know, it's it's all about us being established in the love of God. And if that love does not manifest in our midst, and we're not living that in our midst, then we will never be able to uh, be everything God has called us to be. And so, you know, as we talk about that this morning, you know, we, we're going to teach on this for two specific reasons. We're going to teach on it, number one, because... We can grow in this. You know, as I thought about teaching on the love of God, I thought, you know, I think there's a tendency, you know, especially in spirit-filled, full-gospel churches, that we want some new revelation. We want to hear about the power of God. We want to hear about miracles. And, you know, if I said this morning, I'm going to talk about miracles and God's going to show up, I mean, people people might get excited about that, right? But we should be even more excited to learn about the love of God. As a matter of fact, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. So first thing he's saying is this to this group of believers in Thessalonica, and I think this applies to our church. He says, "I I don't necessarily have to talk to you about love. Why? He says, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren. So, you know, I really believe we are a loving church. Look at your neighbor and say, I just love you. I really believe we're a loving church. But but I will tell you this, no matter how much we are a loving church, we can always grow in it. And we see it here in Paul's encouragement to the church of Thessalonica. He says, I don't have to talk to you about love because you're already showing it. But he says, I'm gonna talk to you about it though, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it anyway, why? Because we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. As you read that contextually, what he's saying is, is I want you to grow in the love of God. And so just like we're a church that loves everybody, we can always grow in it. We can always do more of it. We haven't arrived yet. How many of you realize we can grow in love? And that may not seem like it. I think by the end of this series, hopefully we'll see that that is the most important thing that we can grow in. It is the most critical thing that we can grow in. You know, we, we can, you know, as, as spirit-filled, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, Bible-believing, <laughs> believers, right? We can, you know, the Bible says desire earnestly the best gifts, but he goes on to say, but I show you a more excellent way. See, see we can desire the gifts of the Spirit. We can desire the power of God in manifestation, but he says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. Why? Why is it more excellent? Because the more excellent way will get you to all those other things. See, as we talk about the love of God this morning, one of the things we need to understand is that the love of God is the goal of our lives. Everybody say, love is the goal. Your dream being fulfilled is not the goal. Your needs being met is not the goal. Your healing is not the goal. Those are all benefits of chasing the goal. But I will tell you, chasing the benefits will never get you the goal. There is a goal in our lives. and It should be our priority. And so as I talk about the love of God, as I talk about the fact that I'm going to teach for 12 weeks on love, anything in us that would say, oh, boy, I'm going to find somewhere else to go for the next 12 weeks. I've heard that all before should exit our lives and there should be a hunger in us to say, this is the primary thing, then I need to be excited about this, right? And I'm not just saying that to pump you up about this series. Because I honestly believe there is growth that God wants to take place in our lives, individually and collectively. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1 says, eagerly pursue, eagerly pursue, right? You know, my wife loves ice cream. And, you know we're, we're, you know, we're on this kick now where we're, we're, we're losing weight and we've got diet plans and all that stuff. But every once in a while, I'll say, want to go get some ice cream? And she'll be like, mm, why did you say that? But I know there's something else that pops up in her like, let's eagerly pursue it, right? It says eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Now notice this, make it your aim and your great quest. You know, uh, I've often said this, that when, when, I, when I die and people remember me, the thing that I want them to remember me for more than anything is that that guy I walked in love. People may have kicked him, mistreated him, people may have done him wrong. He may be a redhead that had temper, but I saw him try to pull it back at times. <laughs> that guy walked in love. And that's what this verse says. It says that we should increase more and more in this love, that we should make it our aim and our great quest. What that means then is that when we get up in the morning, our number one priority, our number one priority needs to be, how can I grow in walking in love? How can I more be a person like Jesus? Notice what he said there in our opening text. He said, you know, this is my commandment, that you love people like I love you. How can I love people more like him? How can I express who Jesus is to the world through my actions. How can I love more? It's the theme of our opening text. And so, you know, so what we're going to do over the next several weeks is we're going to spend our time digging in to understand why it is and how it is we can walk in this love. Why? Because number one, it's the first and greatest thing God calls us to, but number two, it's what God desires of us. Notice John chapter 13, verse 33, it says, A new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Notice that loving is the commandment for the believer. I've often said that, it's, that love is not the great suggestion, it's the great commandment. Right? A commandment is something you should do. What does that mean? That means, uh, and we'll get into this throughout the coming weeks, that means when somebody does you wrong, you need to smile and forgive them. Somebody takes your stuff, you need to trust God to get you more stuff, and say it's all right. Right? Somebody treats you wrong, you need to bless them. Somebody's your enemy, you need to pray for them. See, that's the kind of love we're talking about, and that kind of love is so contrary to what we see in the world today. Matter of fact, many believers don't even want to talk about it. Why? Because it makes you uncomfortable, because it requires change of you. See, I, I truly do fear that we've developed a culture of Christianity that's full of selfishness and self-gratification. You know, I, we teach here about the fact that God wants to bless you, God wants to prosper you, God wants to heal you, God wants to do all of those things. And I am adamant about the truth that He does want to do those things for you. But as I said before, those things are benefits of something greater that we're seeking. It should never be the goal of what we're seeking, because when it's the goal of what we're seeking, we've completely gotten it twisted. We are called to be a people of love. We are called to pursue Jesus with all of our hearts so that we can reflect Jesus with all of our hearts. And so the goal for all believers is that that we would be born, that we would be people that would express and show God's love. As a matter of fact, if we do that, we will fulfill every other requirement that God has of us. Right? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13 says, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in one. Single command, love. See, if you love your neighbor, guess what? You'll bless them. If you love your wife, you won't cheat on her, right? If you love your wife, you will serve her. When she asks you to get a Diet Coke out of the refrigerator, you will go get it for her happily, right? If you love your daughter and she's out of mustard, you will run down to the grocery store and get it even though your food is getting cold on the table because she wants it so bad. Right? (laughs) I'm picking on one of my daughters. I won't tell you who. If you love your family, when you act like a jerk, you'll ask them to forgive you. Amen? (laughs) Amen? And so this love, and this, what, this, what this verse says is that when we learn to walk and be the embodiment of love like Jesus was, we'll be holy like he is holy. You ain't got to work hard at being holy, you'll just be holy, right? 1 John chapter 4, why is that important? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Notice what that verse says. It says, when you love, that's when you know God. Now, the scripture tells us we love him because he first loved us. So there's a, it's sort of a, it's sort of like what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? First of all, we have to see how much he loved us, and we accept that love. He actually loves us. And when we spend time allowing him to love us, then we can actually go out and express that love to others. But what this verse says, it says, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever, this is really strong, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Some people say, does that mean if I don't forgive people that I don't know God? Well, that's what that verse says. Right? See, some people say, well, I just can't forgive them. I just can't forgive them. No, you can forgive them. Your flesh and your mind don't want to forgive them because you remember what they did and your flesh is your flesh. But if you'll get real quiet and get before God, if you're a believer, and say, Lord, I can't forgive me, you know what? The Holy Spirit in your heart's going to say, eh, 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 eh. Why? Because your heart's saying, I want to forgive them, even though you may not feel like it, right? And so, and so what this verse tells us is that we need to love God. Experiencing the fullness of God, then, can't be achieved without growing in love. So if you want more, God, you better start growing here. You cannot experience the fullness of who God is. The power and presence of Jesus is manifest in your life to the magnitude that love is present in your life. It's as we grow in our love for others that we grow in our true experiential knowledge of him. That word know in that verse is the word ginosko. It's an it's a Aramaic word and it means to experientially know. He says that as we love others, that's how we experience and grow to know the love of God. And so what we find to be true is is not only is that how we come to know him, but that's how the world around us will really come to know him, right? Jesus said it again, I'll read it again, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love. He said they're going to know you're my disciples, they're going to experience my love if you show them love. So, the question we have to ask ourselves is, is what does that love look like? How do I love like Jesus loves? And so, what we're going to do in this series is, we're going to talk about how we can grow in it more and more. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 9 says once again, But concerning brother and lo- brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a minute because I'm going to tell you something that's going to happen in this series. As we teach on the love of God, There are going to be things that we talk about that love is that you are not doing right now. But your heart is going to say, that is right. And that's what that verse says. Your heart knows. The Holy Spirit in you knows. And when your heart says that is right, we're going to be challenged. I will tell you this. This series will stretch you. And it will change you over the next 12 weeks it says and indeed you do so it says it says you don't need to because you love one another indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia but we urge you brethren that you increase more and more in this right and so now we need to grow and we need to require change and so in this series we're going to re- this is going to require that personal change of us you know my sister sent me a really good uh, link to a message that, I, that we listened to a couple of weeks ago, and it's, it's impacted me. And, and one of the things that I was listening to in that message was, and, and that the, the gentleman was saying, was that, you know, we need to understand that, you know, when we accepted Jesus, we didn't accept him just as a ticket to heaven. How many of you realize he is the way, the truth, and the life? He is the only way to get to the Father, so that, there's a truth to that, Right? But, but when we accepted him, the scripture teaches us we didn't accept him just to get to heaven. Matter of fact, it tells us in Romans chapter 6 that we, we, when we accepted him, we made an agreement in our own heart that this is what we were going to do. This is what it says. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, it says, Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, so that's not talking. You know, that's actually not talking about water baptism. Although water baptism is symbolic of this, this is talking about when you accept Christ. There's a baptism that takes place in you. You get baptized into Christ spiritually. It says, "When you join with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death." So one of the things we decided to do when we accepted Christ was not only to accept him so we could go to heaven, but we made a decision to die. <laughs> Got really quiet in here. Not physically die. We made a decision that the life that we're living, we no longer are committed to. I'm committed to something different. I'm dying to that way of living. It goes on to say, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ has raised, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now all we also may live new lives. Everybody say new lives. So what that tells me is that when we accept Christ, we're actually accepting a new way of living, a new way of behaving, a new way of acting, a new way of doing things. And I will tell you, this new way of living, this new way of acting, this new way of doing things, it will seem strange to your flesh, it will seem strange to your mind, and it will seem strange to the normal way of thinking in the world. Jesus said he's used, uh, Paul said that the the wisdom of God confounds the wise of this earth. So what we're talking about in this series, and the reason I'm stressing this this morning, because I'm not even really going to get into the love piece of this this week. Next week we'll start. But I want you to see the significance of this because I think sometimes we miss it in our relationship with God. We're a church that talks about healing and blessing and God wants to bless you. But that is not the goal. If we never had those things, although we're promised those things, would we still have something to pursue? See, we are called to be disciples of Jesus. We are called to love like He loved. We are called to show the world something uncommon and different. And i got to tell you something. It's more than just passing out good stuff at a school. That's a great thing to do, and that is a, a valid thing that we've done. Jesus said, "You help one of these, you've helped me, right?" But how many of you realize there are organizations all over that aren't Christians' organizations doing that same thing? So what makes what, what's going to make us different? I'll tell you what'll make us different: it's the love that's in us, and the uniqueness of what that love manif- how that love manifests through our lives when we actually live it out. And it's more than just being a blessing. It's more than just being a nice person. Because I know a lot of people that are nice, generous people, but they are not believers. There's something different that we're called to, and that something different that we're called to is this love that Jesus said. He said, this is your commandment, this is the commandment for the believer, that you love one another as I have loved you. So what we're going to do is, we're going to dig in to what that love means. But before we do that, I just want to touch on something and, and just eradicate a little bit of an error this morning to sort of set you up to be able to receive fully from this series over the next several weeks. So musicians, as you come because I'm not going to keep you too long this morning. As we close, I want to spend a little moment just expelling an error error about the love walk that we're being called to. See, some people have the erroneous idea that walking in love will cause you to come up on the short end of things. That walking in love will always cause you to be at the back of the line. That walking in love means, well, what about, sometimes you just got to take care of yourself right right and whether we would admit it or not as individuals because of our unrenewed mind because we realize you know if we're believers we can't think that way right but i promise you as i as you're challenged through this series cuz i've been challenged through this series as i've prepared it as you're challenged through this series there's going to be something that rises up in you and says no wait a minute ah uh uh uh-uh, i got to look out for me because, Siri's trying to talk to me. That's funny. Okay, Siri, I'll turn off airplane mode. <laughs> Where was I at before I was so rudely distracted? Yeah, There's going to be a part of you that doesn't want to change. There's going to be a part of you that says, wait a minute, this is just too much. You know what, when we start thinking this is too much what's really happened to us is we think we know too much. We think we see things better than God sees things. Paul said, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, I show you a more excellent way. Your way is not the more excellent way. It is not. And you can fight and hang on to it and grip at it and try to, you, you, I got to look out for me. You can do that. Right? But Jesus says there's a more excellent way. Notice what Jesus said about loving others. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it'll be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So notice what he said is if you abide with Jesus, if you follow him, you're not going to wind up on the short end of the stick. You're going to ask whatever you want you'll go get it. Now I will tell you this, you walk in love, it'll change your desires and what you ask for sometimes. it'll make you ask for somebody else instead of yourself sometimes it'll make you sacrifice sometimes right see just because we believe in prosperity doesn't mean we don't believe in in sacrifice God's promised us he'll bless us and give us abundance but there are times where love's going to tell you you know what suck it up and sacrifice for a little bit so somebody else can have or somebody else can be blessed, right? That's what real love does. That's what's contrary to the world around us, right? We ain't building houses and building more and tearing them down. No, we're saying, you know what? I'm going I'm to take this house and sell it for the kingdom of God, right? That's what they did in the book of Acts. Not because the pastor had some great offering and said, everybody go sell your houses for the kingdom of God. Nobody asked them to do that. They just did it. Love was so evident in them through the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives that it changed things. And notice what he says here. He said, you'll ask what you will. And and he said, you'll bear much fruit as a disciple. Well, bearing much fruit doesn't sound like you're unsuccessful, does it? That sounds like abundance, the right kind of fruit. But, you know, we stop right there as believers in verse 8, but verse 9 through 11, he tells us how to abide in him, how to get to this place where we see abundance and we see things happen and we see the things that should be seen. It says, verse 9, as the Father hath loved me... So have I loved you, continue in my love. He says the way to get to this place where you're in him is to love like he loved. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken unto you that, you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Now here's where I wanna settle, I just wanna settle on this to, to eradicate an error in our thinking. What Jesus said here was this, is that if you walk in love, you will be happy and satisfied. So that's completely contrary to the way of thinking that would say, yeah, but if I'm always putting my brother first and going the extra mile, I'm never going to get ahead. And you know what? The truth is, you won't get ahead but he will make you the head. What he says there, he says there's a a truth we need to embrace when we're talking about this love. We need to understand that there is a new way of life we're called to, and it is to love others and to understand what that means and to grow in it more and more and to make it our quest and to make it our pursuit. And if we will do that, make that our goal in our life, we will find true joy in our life. This tells me that the idea of seeking personal gratification first is contrary to the truth of your satisfaction. You know, there's a whole concept of out there, you know, I need to define my truth. Can we talk a little bit about our culture that we live in today? I need to define my truth and I need to set my boundaries and I need to demand that my truth is recognized and I need to demand that my boundaries are honored. That is selfishness and self-centeredness, and it's not the way of Christ. Marriages and relationships being built around everybody defining their truth and walling off with their truth and people respecting it. You want to know what makes a marriage really work, a godly marriage work? Two people that love Jesus so much that they are giving of themselves to each other to meet the need of the other. Doesn't mean that the individual doesn't express that I have a need, but when the other hears it, they don't defend why they're not meeting the need, they say, man, I'm going to run to it. That's contrary to the world around us. It's contrary to the world around us when we're working in an environment and we have the opportunity to get ahead, but but, but, but we can actually push someone else to the front. You ready for this? Because this is going to be hard. It's contrary to the way of human thinking to say, I'm going to push them to the front. But that's what Jesus has called us to. That is the uncommon, uncomfortable way of living that we've been called to. That's a new life. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, this is all I'm asking this morning is, you know, uh, is that you would make a commitment to yourself that over the next 12 weeks that you're committed to change that you're committed to change you're committed to embrace a new way of living that as we look back from today 12 weeks in advance we'll look back and say wow a lot has changed in my life because I'm living by a new life that he's given me I'm behaving differently I'm acting differently see because if we don't do that then we are just a bunch of mere church goers we are not disciples we're a bunch of people as the scripture says looking in a mirror and walking away and forgetting who we are James chapter 1 and verse 25 says but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty well, what's that perfect law of liberty? the law of love (laughs) and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work This one will be blessed in what he does. You want to be blessed by God. Now, I'm not talking about be blessed by... How many realize you can get blessed by the work of your hand? But if you get blessed by the work of your hand, you've got to sustain it by the work of your hand. And one day your strength is going to run out or your resources are going to fall short and you're going to be in trouble. But what this verse says is if we look into the perfect law of liberty and we do that, we walk in that royal law of love. We allow love to grow on the inside of us and prefer our brother and forgive our brother and not backtalk, and not be easily offended and believe the best about others. When we do that, the Bible says here that we will be blessed. We will be blessed. I don't know you, I want to be blessed by God. Because when He blesses, He adds no sorrow to it. Amen? So that's why, you know, as a church, I can tell you over the 20... What is it? How long we have been around here now? 20, 21 years, 21 years, 21 years, 21 years. We've had different things, but I I tell you, the last four or five years, it's just been a commitment of, Lord, I just want to love people. I just want our people to love people. And we just want to grow in you. That is the goal. Because at the end of the day, there's no bitter pill that comes with that. Amen? And I will tell you what, if if, if we become so enamored by it, that there's a baptism of love that takes place in our midst, and a revival of love that takes place in our midst, there will be such a dynamic draw of people here that that they, they can't resist it. Why? Because the human heart was designed to be loved by God's love. Amen? And I'm not talking about a gimmick to draw people, I'm just saying if we love people, God will add to the church daily. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 9 then. It says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Everybody say increase more and more. We're closing with this. Increase more and more. So my goal as a believer, number one goal as a believer, you're looking for the priority in your life is for me to walk in love better today than I did yesterday. And if I fail at it, ask God to forgive me, wipe my nose off, wipe the blood off my cheek, get up and try again. Amen. To love like Jesus loved. So once again, I'm gonna challenge you to make a commitment this morning. I'm I'm just a commitment that Lord, I purpose in my heart that if I see this in your word, I'm going to embrace it as my new way of living. Just bow your heads with me for a moment. Just think about that for a minute. Don't make a rash decision, but think about it for a minute. If Jesus said it, it's the truth. If the scripture teaches it, it's the truth. Make a commitment today to this new way of life that he's called us to. To grow in it. See, I'm doing all right, I love people. You, you can grow in it more. Help me take bigger steps of love in my life. Help me swallow hard when my flesh wants to do something different. Help me allow the love of God in my heart to draw me to the Father closer than I've ever been before. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I've done my best, and I've jumped around in my notes and don't even know if I adequately covered it, but I pray in the name of Jesus that what I've said this morning would be words anointed by your Spirit. Oh, Father, that there would be something that takes place in our midst, that we would be people committed to grow in this love, to be different, to change, to truly change, and live the new life you've called us to. Make us uncommon. Make us unique. Make us peculiar, as your scripture says, to the world around us. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.